Hello, it is Lark up here at the top all alone because Jesse and I decided that we wanted to wait as long as possible before the episode needed to be posted to record this so that it would be as accurate as possible. So as of this evening, Monday, October 28th at like 8 p.m. Pacific time, we are currently $242 into our $500 a month goal that would mean that we are able to keep going with what we've been doing assuming probably safely that we will not have met that $500 goal by Halloween which was our objective we have decided that we are going to take the month of November off to game plan and figure out what we reasonably can do moving forward we aren't going anywhere don't fret So that said, we are also extending the deadline for our portraits for one week. One week from Halloween is now the new deadline. If we get all of those portraits claimed, we, I believe, will meet our goal. So grab those. It would be great. And before I get into the episode, I just want to thank those of you who have joined us on Patreon since I last talked to you up here. So Zoe, Ari, Alyssa, Melissa, Floor, Claire, and Rachel, thank you so much for becoming patrons. Eli, Teresa, and Jesse, thank you so much for claiming three of our Hedwig level portraits. And Sky and Yana, thank you so much for upgrading your pledges and claiming two of our $25 portraits. You both are awesome. Also a quick reminder to our patrons who have claimed portraits and our patrons who were already $10 patrons when we started this to check your email from a message from us about how to get your portrait if you have not already done so. Again, I want to be really clear. We will be back in December. We just don't know at what rate we'll be releasing episodes in December. And we will be on Patreon the month of November as planned, as promised. If you've seen our release schedule, that is still accurate. And we will we will be very active over there. Very quickly, one last thing. Uh, we are taking the month of November off, but we will be bringing you our interview with Hannah McGregor of Witch Please. I don't know the exact release date yet, but definitely keep us in your feeds because that will be popping up for you next month. And with that, let's get into this episode. The Gailey Prophet operates under the assumption that you've read the books. If you haven't read the books, go and read them. They're wonderful. And then come back to us. Otherwise, you're going to be spoiled, and that's your choice in this world. Gay people love puns. I'm dead. (laughs) We have to stop this podcast. This book causes Satanism. What is left for us to rant about? There is nothing straight about plum velvet. (laughs) You shouldn't have been drinking when I said that. Monocles are impractical, but hot. I don't for a second believe that she is a straight person. I mean, I'm definitely here for bisexual Minerva McGonagall. Let's talk about (laughs) Harry Potter! Hello, and welcome to The Gaily Prophet, a humorous yet ruthless podcast where two queer IRL witches reread Harry Potter and talk about it. I am Rupert Giles. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and i am anya dressed as the scariest thing i could think of which is a bunny rabbit <laughs> and the reason that we're introducing ourselves that way is that we are currently recording this episode in costume because it is our halloween episode and our 10 and 25 dollar patrons get a video recording of this episode So if you're not currently a patron and you're listening to this thinking, gosh, I wish I could see that, now's the time. (laughs) We'll have to take it 
take a screenshot and teaser a little bit definitely. of a teaser you definitely <laughs> so let's talk about this here chapter <laughs> chapter four the leaky cauldron in which Mary spends a few weeks being quasi-supervised in Diagon Alley, living at the Leaky Cauldron, and shockingly not spending all of his money. The Weasleys and Hermione show up the day before school starts to get their supplies and keep an eye on Harry. Hermione buys Crookshanks, who tries to eat a very sick-looking scabbers. Harry overhears Molly and Arthur discussing Sirius Black and learns that Sirius is probably after him and definitely going to Hogwarts. Dun dun. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. we start this newspaper off with today's headlines minister of magic abandons 13 year old child to fend for himself for three weeks no one questions him <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah just free to the world 13 is too young. It's like, oh, he's in Diagon Alley where a bunch of people can keep an eye on him. And it's like, yeah, there's a bunch of people. No one is paying attention to Harry. I hope that Tom is being paid extra to babysit this child. I mean, I don't think that anyone, I don't think he is babysitting him as much as he is like, you're staying in my inn. So I feel like Fudge is sending like five owls a day. <laughs> maybe some of the people that harry spots are like ministry spies or something mm-hmm. we turn to the front page where we talk about all the things that don't belong in other sections of the newspaper why don't you kick us off jesse again what the fuck is a warlock because we get a distinct description. this Not like a distinct separation from a witch and a wizard. Right. And so it's like, what? That was my first thing. And just like, what the fuck? Yeah, that's a very, very good question. And would be a less confusing question if Dumbledore wasn't the chief warlock of the Wisengamot. Wisengamot. Wizengamot? I feel like I'm never sure about the pronunciation of that word. Yours makes more sense because I feel like it is related to wizard. So it would have the same I sound. Much like GIF has the same G sound as graphics, which I think you are the one who schooled me on (laughs) saying GIF many years ago. I just feel I'm firmly on the side that the... Jeff, like in Jiffy Peanut Butter, is not the correct way to pronounce uh, moving. I just... I mean, I feel like it makes sense. Like, it should have the same G sound as graphics, and so Wiz and Gamat should have the same I sound as Wizard. So. But anyway, is Warlock a title? Is Warlock a species? We don't know. Do you listeners know? Please write to us. (laughs) Please give us your theories about what a Warlock is, because in the same paragraph we get a hag which seems like it is maybe not totally human totally as, not human no as she's ordered a bowl of raw liver mm-hmm. which you could have just gotten pate that would have been much tastier honestly liver tastes so so bad i don't think i've ever had pate but people like it so i assume it must be good i don't know some people love liver liver makes me want to vomit anyway yeah, I'll eat a lot of things. I feel like any of the awful part, I'm still a little bit uh, about. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, but so in another uh, like fantasy book that I really like, which is The Darkest Part of the Forest by Holly Black. Um, oh, I think it's my list of things to read. No, you told me to read that book. I That's think so. Why. It's really, really good. Uh, but hags are like terrifying murderous monsters in that book and there's like a bunch of different kind of monsters in that book and i feel like i've looked a bunch of them up on wikipedia to see like what the you know what route the author was going with and i feel like that is at least one interpretation of what a hag is um yeah but it's also something that we use like interchangeably with like crone or whatever to mean like scary old witch so again it's like what are we talking about in harry potter Exactly. The only other hag that we ever see is actually Mundungus Fletcher pretending to be a hag. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, okay, so my first front page is the line, it's a lunoscope, old boy. (laughs) (laughs) Did you just imagine the, like, dandiest gay, like, witch telling Harry this? Is that what? (sighs) I don't really know what I imagine when I think about (laughs) someone saying that. (laughs) Because that's my whole note is just the line. I don't know. But it's so silly. Like who, who, I guess maybe my thoughts on it is like, that's a very like, I went to Yale and like summer on Martha's Vineyard kind of thing to say. Mm-hmm. And where in like the echelons of like witching society does that kind of person fall? And like, how does... Also, is that kind of person the same person in the UK as it is in the US? And then does that directly translate to the witching world or not? Hmm. Because certainly, like, Lucius Malfoy doesn't talk that way. But do you know who would talk like that? Someone who had a background like Justin Finch Fletchley. Yeah. Or Ernie McMillan. He also is a... Is he also a pretentious person, or do I just mix those two up? I feel like Ernie does have some pretension. I don't remember if it is, like, particularly because he came from money, or just he's just, like, a weird kid. You know, I have that thing where things, uh, like, I mix up things that, to me, like, are the same, even though they don't sound anything like each other. I feel like Justin Finch Fletchley and Ernie McMillan are, like, the same name to me, and I can't keep the characters apart. I mean, they're both, like... Like, boy Hufflepuffs who it's like, the point of the story is that you mildly disapprove Harry at various points in the story. Okay. So, like... What's your next front page? I know Harry doesn't get enough to eat at the Dursleys, but basically eating unlimited ice cream for, like, two weeks, however many weeks, is, like, a terrible idea. Such a bad idea. I actually came up with a theory about that, which is that Florian Fortescue thinks it's a terrible idea to leave a 13-year-old unattended for three weeks, and he's <laughs> using free ice cream as a way to keep Harry in one spot where he can keep an eye on him without Harry knowing it, which is clever and also not a good idea. I mean, though, but maybe if they're like tiny Sundays that have like f- like fruit and stuff and I don't know. I guess people in the UK aren't really into peanut butter, but like hazelnuts or something that's not just straight up ice cream covered in fudge sauce. Maybe it's like, here, here is some bananas. I don't know. And this Sunday. He's giving him the free sample size. So each Sunday is just like <laughs> a tiny little thing. That is the only thing that makes sense because like every half an hour is a lot, even for someone like me who would eat unlimited ice cream if someone was just giving it to me free but like every half an hour is a ridiculous amount of time yeah i don't even feel like i could finish one sunday that quickly yeah depends on how big it is obviously anyway Mm uh all right um the toads in the pet store (laughs) are described as gulping wetly which is a hard thanks I hate it from me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's a that's a pretty rough that's a pretty rough sentence. I feel I like I think I just kind of my eye just sort of glazed over that because I was like yeah, It's no, almost I'm good. like JK Rowling has this like desire to just like pair words together in combinations that make me revolted. Like <laughs> I'm like, I could have lived my whole life without ever hearing those words back to back, and I would have been fine. Yeah. Yeah. That's an unnecessary description. (laughs) Actually, I guess I don't know if this is front page or not, but reading this chapter and the scenes where they're in Flourish and Blots makes me realize that, like, Flourish and Blots sort of operates a little bit like a college bookstore in which they are at the mercy of whatever the fuck whatever random ass Hogwarts teacher is like, you know what? I'm giving all the students who take care of creatures books that snap and want each other apart. 
have fun storing them and selling them to people. That's true. Or like them having to like, I don't know, purchase 18 billion copies of Lockhart's books since he assigned all of his books to all of the Hogwarts students last year. Mm-hmm. The people who work there are not getting paid enough to deal with that bullshit. I guarantee you. Does anyone work there besides the proprietor? I feel like it's just like one harried, overworked dude. <laughs> I guess the way that the person Harry describes the manager as, it does sound like maybe not a lot of people work there. No, like he just brings in temp employees for things like when Lockhart is there to do a reading and the rest of the time it's just him. I mean, I guess bookstores don't normally have a lot of them, but I guess, I don't know. Yeah. It's the only bookstore, like you would think. But okay, so it's the only bookstore probably in Diagon Alley, but it seems weird that it would that it would be the only magical bookstore. I suppose that's true. Are there shops places other than Diagon Alley and like Hogsmeade? So here's the thing is I guess it's never totally described. But the fact that they distinguish Hogsmeade as the only completely magical village in the UK makes me think that there must be, like the Leaky Cauldron, muggle, muggle, witching businesses in muggle areas where, like, the muggles just can't see it. Hmm. At least that's always been sort of my assumption. Because why would you make the distinction about Hogsmeade if there wasn't, like, witching businesses sort of scattered in like random places right and like godric's hollow is like a half half magic yeah and also it really doesn't make sense for people who for whom london isn't like the closest hub to they can't possibly be coming all the way from like all over the fucking country to shop at diagon alley yeah I mean, it definitely sounds like people do travel to Diagon Alley to go shopping, especially in this chapter. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's got to be other, like, tiny magical bookstores, for example, or, like, other Quidditch supply places that are, like, itty-bitty. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Okay, so my next front page is that the pet store witch is obviously gay. Yes? Yeah! So gay. That's like, yes, super gay. Also, literally my the only job in this series, I'd be like, that would be the job that I would want. Yeah. Which is working at this ridiculous magical pet store? Yeah. Question mark? All right. Yeah, it's a pet store. All right. What else would it be? I don't know. If you needed live animals for other things besides pets? I don't oh. know. I actually have a thing about I mean, they probably that. sell like feeder mice. Yeah. This is just, there's a lot of very funny bits in this chapter. Um, I'm just really amused by the title of this divination book, which is Broken Balls When Fortunes Turn Foul. Oh, yeah. And it just makes it sound like someone got physically hurt. It I mean, sure not that, does. yeah, don't don't fuck around with, uh, you're getting with uh, terrible fortunes, maybe. <laughs> or misinterpreting fortunes. I don't know. Don't cheat on your wife. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so continuing my finding gayness in this chapter. Uh, I feel like Hermione really shows her a big bisexual top energy in the Crookshanks acquisition situation. Yeah. It's a real gay moment. Yeah, I feel like... It's actually really interesting because I feel like Hermione isn't as impulsive as like, you know, Harry and Ron. And I feel like she probably spent a lot of this morning being like, I'm going to get a fucking owl this year. And then she goes into this pet shop and she's like, I'm going to rescue this cat that's been here for fucking ever. <laughs> yeah. Fuck these owls. And it's just like, it's so great. <laughs> like, that is exactly what I would have done and been like, taking this cat, this cat's great. Yeah. Perfect. This ginormous fucking 20 pound cat taking it home with me. Yep. And it's so like she wanted a practical pet, but she left with a fully impractical pet. And I feel like 
there's also something about that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And just, like, her being immediately like, oh, chill out, Ron, about scabbers, it's fine. Uh-huh. And I'm just like... Right, because it's like, at this point, she's completely forgotten about the owl. She's like, this is my cat. Mm-hmm. Ride, I'm ride or die for this cat. Shut the fuck up, Ron. <laughs> and it's <laughs> just like... Yeah, no, totally bisexual top energy. Like, and just like shutting Ron down. Just mm-hmm. like, oh, you're concerned? He's sleeping in my dorm room. Whatever, Ron. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's real good. Yeah. I will say they could have given Hermione a fucking basket. <laughs> She's just carrying I know. in her arms. <laughs> it's like, and like, Listeners, I owned a 19-pound cat. It is very hard. Like, let's let's assume I'm gonna go forward and assume that Kirkshanks is like between 15 and 20 pounds. Described as a very large cat. That is a lot of cat to carry in your arms around in a market square. <laughs> like, regardless of just carrying around, like that's a lot of cat. Yeah, I actually wanted to comment on the size of Crookshanks because Harry says it was either a very large cat or quite a small tiger. And (laughs) quite in the UK means kinda. And so that means that Crookshanks is closer to a tiger than to a cat in Harry's estimation because he says very large cat or like a kind of small tiger. So I feel like Crookshanks is like Maine Coon size cat, right? Yeah. Like basically a small dog, like a corgi. Yeah. I mean, I will say though that like Toshi was a 19 pound cat. People thought she was a, sm- people who would come over and didn't, hadn't met my cats were like, what is this small dog? And I'm like, that's my cat. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, what the fuck is wrong with your cat? And I'm like, she's just a big cat. Oh my God. Um... Yeah, and yeah, and like, and like, really large Maine Coons could be like 25 pounds, I think. And they're like long and like fluffy. And a fluffy cat is seems so much bigger. That's true. Even if they're not. And Crookshanks is definitely fluffy. Yeah. Like, Crookshanks is like half fluff. And like, at that point, you, if you combined a large cat with a lot of fluff, Crookshanks probably looks ginormous. Um, I'm imagining Crookshanks getting a bath right now, and it's oh my making my life really good. <laughs> There's actually a. I feel like you could find videos of Persians being bathed because they, if show Persians need to be bathed, and it's very ridiculous. Yeah, even short-haired cats look so much smaller when they're wet. So I feel like a yeah, long-haired I mean, cat looks like it doesn't even exist when it's wet. Yeah, I mean we've we've gotten Winnie my long hair cat shaved and she looks two thirds smaller than mm-hmm. she normally does. Just because like you used to looking at her so fluffy and large. And then it's like, Oh, you're just a real teeny cat. You're just mostly fluff. Yeah. <laughs> so, Oh, Crookshanks. What an entrance for Crookshanks. So good. <laughs> it's so good. It's such good character establishment. Yeah. I think it's your turn. Oh my God. I think a lot of my next ones were about Crookshanks, but uh, I just want to be a little LOL at Arthur Weasley, who was like, Black won't be caught by a 13-year-old wizard. LOL, LOL. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> LOL. <laughs> You're right, Arthur, by three 13-year-old wizards. <laughs> and a professor, to be fair. And a professor, yes. Who maybe but. is, like, in a little bit of Arrested Development at, you know, 16, but... <laughs> Three 13-year-old wizards and one overgrown 16-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Uh, yeah, so my next one... Or, you have more Crookshank stuff, so should we just stay on that? No, actually, we talked about all my Crookshank stuff. Okay. Um, so I just want to note that we're still saying Azkaban guards. We still have a whole nother chapter before we get to stop calling them that. You know, when you, when you mention that, and I've been paying attention to this chapter, it comes up so much. And I'm just like, fucking say Dementors. Like, what is this? Because it's so awkward because you're like, 
And then they're only ever described as Dementors ever again. And so it's like, just fucking say it. Mm-hmm. So it's real weird. It is. And uh, I guess my, my next thing is related, uh, which is Dementors talk. You know, actually, that is... I, no- I, noticed, I noticed that too. And... I guess they have to communicate somehow. And it is assumed that they have mouths. <laughs> but their mouths are just for sucking souls out of bodies. Maybe they're telepathic. That sounds even worse somehow. Totally. They just write everything out. They have hands. They do. They just write really like... They just write a bunch of letters. They're just, yeah, like writing notes like in like in high school. Back and forth <laughs> to fudge. <laughs> There's a little... They're long ass creepy fingers, like <laughs> Yeah. Holding oh a quill. God. So ridiculous. Dementors only use like raven feather quills, of course. Sorry, I'm just imagining like uh like a piece of paper that lined paper and it's like you know do you like me yes or no from middle school but mm-hmm. it's like can i eat your soul yes or no it's a little like hearts right on, on no tell me where serious black went <laughs> <laughs> get your shit together <laughs> said he was going to hogwarts so like yeah i should probably go there and we'll come with you it'd be great yeah uh (laughs) fresh children's blood Mm. (laughs) teeny fresh souls uh (laughs) actually i don't have any more for a page my last one is just this fucking mirror in harry's hotel room no because i feel like i don't know if i made this up or not i feel like last time we talked about it we were like maybe it's not like super sentient but just is like responding but like in this chapter we really get that it's like paying attention Mm -hmm. um because of what it says to harry about like flattening his hair being a losing battle and then the fact that it responds to him when it's dark in his room so i I just don't like it i guess i wouldn't I don't like this at all. I would also never want to fuck in this room. Because right. it's like, the mirror's watching me. Can we just, like, throw a shh? Can we but just it's put also out listening. The That's the thing that made Can me you... more upset. Because you can't even turn the lights off. Because when Harry's like, I'm not going to be murdered, it's dark in the room. So, like, you can't even just cover it. Yeah. It's also listening to you. It's like, put it in the hallway or something. Yeah, totally. And, like, what good is... A hotel B and B in whatever you want to call it that you can have sex in, like that's the point of them. Yeah, exactly. Too many, too many talking mirrors <laughs> and weird, terrible things. Mm-hmm. Far too many. <laughs> uh, so, speaking of things that make us upset, shall we go to editorials? Yeah. Welcome to Editorials, where we rant about stuff. Uh, you should get started. Harry is 13 years old. He He's sure is. 13, and he has been left to his own devices. No one even checked to make sure that he had enough money to rent a fucking hotel room <laughs> for three weeks and buy all of his meals for three weeks. Like... He's a child. And the part where it's like he had to exercise all of his willpower to not spend all of his money. Like, he's 13. No one should have put him in that position. That's ridiculous. I'm so upset about it. You know, actually, I have to say that I have to say, though, it is commendable of Harry about his self-restraint about money because. I mean. I grew up without, like, this thing a lot of money, and, like, I feel like even now, like, my self-restraint about being, like, I shouldn't buy this thing right now because I have money, I should be saving my money for things that I actually need, is, like, pretty tenuous, and I'm an, I'm a grown-ass adult, so, like, I feel like Harry being, like, I don't need this fancy, amazing broomstick, I have a perfectly good broomstick at home, and it's, like, that's like adult level of restraint. Like, 
Apple has made a fucking industry of people not having that same kind of restraint when it's like, look oh, at my new iPhone, I got to update. It's like, you just got an iPhone two years ago. Why are you updating it? There's also the thing where, like, the reason that it's a struggle to save and, like, not spend all of your money when you've, like, lacked money is because it's, like, a psychological thing where it's, like, I have it and, like, it does a thing to your brain. I know more about this than it sounds like I do right now because my brain is made of mush. But it's, like super super normal if you like start having money to be like really reckless about it and be like I'm gonna buy all of the things that like make me feel basically like not poor or like not broke which can be like houses or cars or vacations or like you know new furniture or anything that is a like societal like status symbol for lack of a better word that reinforces for you that you are no longer without And people, like, fuck themselves over because of that. And it's, like, literally, like, not your fault because it's just, like, a reflex that your brain has to, like, coming out of a state of lack. And Harry is 13. Like, his brain is still developing. And so for him to be able to be, like, the Dursleys have never let me have anything that I want. And I've grown up watching Dudley have everything that he wants. And I have this money and I have freedom and no one will stop me from buying a firebolt. Honestly, I think it's completely unrealistic that he was able to do that. Yeah, actually, this that is my first editorial is that it's like, it's not unrealistic at all. Like, he should have fucking brought that solid gold gobstones thing, which is ridiculous. But it's like, that is a shit that a 13 year old who's never had fucking pocket money, who's like, I'm just free in this magical mall, essentially, with an entire vault of who knows how much money and no one to supervise me, I'm buying the most ridiculous shit. Totally. I feel like I have an editorial about gobstones, but I just had a realization, which is that it's 1993 and solid gold gobstones is the equivalent of like the high quality pogs. Were you a Pogs kid? I was a Pogs kid. I was kid. also a Pogs kid. <laughs> Um, Pogs were great, but you could get slammers that were like $50. And I feel like that's exactly what a set of solid gold gobstones is, is like a $50 slammer. Yeah. Made of like a really nice, actually I did have like some really nice metal slammers that I shoplifted because I had no money. (laughs) So. I had very few slammers because I didn't actually play Pogs. I just wanted to look at them. So I mostly just bought lots and lots of Pogs. Yeah, I think the thing about Pogs that I think attracted me is that I am have the kind of personality that I like collecting things, mm-hmm. which does also, I think, connect with my working on self-restraint with my financial situation. I'm just like, I can just buy some more quartz on the internet, whatever, <laughs> I have the money, and it's like, no, you don't, stop buying quartz. And so Pog just like, Pogs just like hit that like sweet spot of like, don't you want to collect a bunch of Simpsons Pogs? I sure do. I used... When I was in high school, I, like, glued all of my pogs to, like, a section of my wall, like, next to each other. And it looked really rad and was a disaster when we moved out of that house and I had to get them off of my fucking wall. Oh, no. Yeah. Also, for our younger listeners, Jesse, can you explain what a pog is? Oh, my God. So, pog was a 90s fad toy that was based off of a game out of Hawaii where you would stack the like lids of milk cartons and then sort of like take a larger heavier milk bottle lid and like sort of like slam it down so the pogs would scatter and it became a a fad where you had all different kinds of pogs literally cardboard circles with pictures on them and then slammers made out of various heavy material like plastic or metal if you were fancy Mm -hmm. um and it was a fad for a couple of years and it was the 90s we didn't have the internet so everyone was obsessed with pogs for a while we bought them at gadzooks is that correct is that what that store was called also gags and gifts and toys r us all of which i don't all those things don't exist anymore i think toys r us was at the wrong mall for me Mm. we didn't go to that mall we went to the other mall so i think i got them at gags and gifts which was basically spencer's 
which Spencer yeah. still exists. But the I'm pretty person. sure I've shoplifted them from a gags and gifts because they didn't have that many cameras because it was in a mall. Anyway, I was <laughs> I, te- I was a teenage delinquent. No, I was a middle school age delinquent. Do you want to talk about Gobstone? I sure do. My whole note on them is just why. Like, why can't we have anything fucking normal? Like, why? It doesn't even sound fun. Nothing no. sounds fun. No. Like, marbles, okay, are, if you're in the 50s and you have no internet or video games, fine, let's play marbles. But a marble that shoots a gross liquid, also, what is this liquid? Where is it coming from? Why? Nothing sounds fun about this. And it's like, JKR, create a game in the witching world that is fun to play. Nothing about this is fun. No. And it's like that and chess. And wizard chess sounds like okay. Um I mean it sounds a little it sounds kinda of like a video game, which appeals to me because just like moving and you get to like the pieces talk to you and they're gonna like, you know, knock each other over, which I mean, that appeals to me. But like you can't play chess forever. Like no. you can't ca- why are there no board games? Like And chess like is only fun for a particular like subsect of children you know chess requires an immense amount of concentration Mm -hmm. and i don't know right and like marbles isn't that like i feel like marbles are fun for like those things that you build with like the slidey thing and then like you put the marble in and it like goes down and the thing but like actually like playing marbles is like not that much fun Right. And then it's like, Harry, I mean, I get why he wants a solid gold one of them, but I'm just like, why would you ever play gobstones? And he doesn't ever play gobstones, to clarify. (laughs) Because why? Because it's just like, it sounds like you're just going to be covered in smelly goo, which nothing is fun about that. I mean, I feel like gobstones, there's a gobstones club at Hogwarts, but like, it doesn't make sense that Filch hasn't banned gobstones. Like, they make everything gross. The only thing that I can think of about gobstones is that it must not like that so it squirts a liquid at you it must like evaporate immediately or like oh. not stick around because right it would be it would be gross but the fact that it's not banned at hogwarts makes you think it's like like a spritz of like gross liquid which is still disgusting but does the smell go away I don't know. There's if you're so playing for long enough, it would just compound, which is even more horrible. So horrible. Don't play gobstones. And the thing I don't understand is that, like, why would you make up a game like this for your series? <laughs> like, this isn't fun. She's just, like, binge-watching Nickelodeon. She's, like, <laughs> taking all, like, the worst parts of, like, the weird, gross stuff that was on Nickelodeon. Yeah. It's like, what do kids like? And it's like, we like watching that. We don't actually like doing that. That's not the same thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, being covered in slime sounds like a nightmare. Totally. Do you want to talk about these fucking biting books in a cage destroying each other? And this shop proprietor who's been bitten four times? Yes, I I sure do. Because what the fuck? I kind of don't feel like there's an amount of pressure that a book can close on a hand with that would actually cause any damage. Yeah. Like, you can slam a book on a hand that in a way that would hurt a lot, but, like, the closing, like, there's the pivot point and, like, I don't know. But maybe they have teeth. Who even knows? It's probably it's probably still just more startling than anything. Yeah. But here is my actual rant about this, which is... Hagrid knows how how you can open the book without biting it. Why don't the people who fucking sell books know this? Like, is Flourish and Blots just poorly run? Mm-hmm. Is there not a, like, witching publishing house where they're like, hey, I'm sending you these fucking biting books. Just stroke their spine and they won't bite fucking everyone. Like, what? So, you know, we talked before about... Like, these books exist only because, like, Hagrid has a kindred spirit out there somewhere who made this book. And I feel like, so given Hagrid's reaction when she has her class in front of her and everyone's, like, bound up their books, she's like, it's intuitive. You just have to pet it. Like, it's a monster. They love being pet. And so I feel like whoever made the book would likewise assume that everyone would just figure it out 
and would not give instructions. What doesn't make sense is that the publisher doesn't tie something around the books before sending them to the bookstore. It like it honestly makes me wonder about It actually makes me wonder if this if this book was published by a like publishing house or if like there's some rando like Hagrid who is like I fucking love magical creatures. I'm going to write this ridiculous book and then just have like a book duplication charm or something Mm -hmm. because like it's it's just it's so it's just so bizarre Mm -hmm. and i'm just and it like it makes for like an interesting part of the story but it just just logically doesn't make sense Mm -hmm. so this is also about the bookstore which is harry sees neville unfortunately being dressed down by his grandmother about losing his book list Neville doesn't even need the fucking book list. They're at Flourish and Blots. I've already sold like 200 copies of the exact same books for third years. Like, they, Hogwarts doesn't even need to mail out a book list if almost all the kids are fucking just going to go to Flourish and Blots anyway. That's true. So that's kind of, that's my next editorial also, except it's about what a fucking jackass Harry is to Neville. Sorry I impersonated you in the night bus, Neville. No, he, Neville is getting in trouble with his grandma for losing his book list. Harry has a book list. Also could pretend that he doesn't notice that Neville is getting in trouble. And from like, you know, 20 feet away, be like, hey, Neville, in a way that would distract it. And his grandmother would have to stop yelling at him or be incredibly rude. And he chooses not to. And that's fucked up. And I am super mad at Harry. That is... That is really true. It didn't even occur to me that he should have been like, Oh, hey, I found your book list novel. Right? Rude, Harry. So rude. rude. And after you impersonated Neville on the night bus. Right? Neville's your fucking friend. I don't know. I'm... Yeah. I'm very upset about it. Yeah. Neville deserves better. He really does okay so okay so this pet store we see all kinds of shit that i'm like why does anyone why do we don't see more people that have a pet raven if i was like oh hey you're a witch and i go into a pet store and there's fucking ravens i could buy i'd be like hell yeah Yeah. give me a fucking cat and a raven and an owl and all this shit (laughs) can i can i put letters in my raven fuck yeah this is great i'd have been so freaked i've been freaking out in joy but it's just like weird that like we just don't see more people with like more unusual pets i guess it's weird that we just don't see more people's pets in general like i bet dean and seamus have pets where are their pets do fred and george have pets like why does ron have one and they don't maybe they do I mean, Harry is pretty unobservant, so I feel like those are things that could be like, Harry doesn't care, so he doesn't notice them. You know who would have a fucking raven, though, is Fred and George. Like, a pet that steals things from you, or, like, for you, and, like, brings you weird gifts, like, 100%. Oh my god! Oh, I would have loved to read about them and their fucking pet raven who would steal things from them. Oh my god. Is this a, a future queer blur for us? Is, yes. Let me put that on our <laughs> Please list. Please note it down because it sounds I sure am. lovely. Um, so also along pets that we I kind of wish we'd see more often is that so this queer woman who runs the pet store is like, oh you have a rat. What does your rat have any magical powers? What the fuck kind of magical powers do these magical rats have? That's incredible. <laughs> um, and then for folks out there, regular rats make excellent pets. They're very cute and very smart. And I'm just like, magical rats are probably awesome pets, but also they have fucking powers. What kind of powers do they have? <laughs> I'm just like, tell me more about these magical rats. The ones that we see are just sort of seem to be like extra people-y. Yeah, like, they're like the they're like the rats of rats of Nim a little bit is sort of what I 
Have you read or seen that book? Or read or watched that movie? Super intelligent rats that have, like, a society. Anyway, so I'm like, super intelligent rats that have a society. This is cool. Yeah. They're, they're like, jump roping with their tails, which, actually, now that I say that out loud, is not a thing, is not how rat tails work. But... Mm-hmm. Magic rat tails. Magic rat tails. I just love the idea of magical rats that have, that have like, magic powers, and I am just wish that... I... We had, like, one more sentence about these rats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay, so my last editorial is that Harry is all mad that they don't trust him to be able to defeat Sirius Black, which is exactly why they don't trust him. It's like, little buddy, you are proving their point right now. So... I don't know. Slow your yeah. roll. Yeah, it's like Harry. It's like you've like just barely begun puberty. Like you don't need to take on a like grown ass adult murderer in quotation marks. But like, come on. As far as like, he knows Harry. right now, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I just that last line of the chapter or whatever when Harry's like, I've faced Voldemort three times and not whatever, whatever, like. It's like, yeah, buddy, this is exactly why they didn't want to tell you. I do want to talk a little bit about if they should have told Harry about Sirius. Because this is what Molly and Arthur are talking about. It's like keeping him in the dark versus telling him what's going on, you know? Mm. And I'm like, I kind of think that maybe they should have just told him. And I get it. Like, I feel like the fact that he's like, would go out and try to do something dumb is true. But it's like... But that's actually why Arthur does want to tell him, is to make Harry be smarter. Yeah. And not go try to, like, find him or whatever. Yeah. And I think that it's actually... And I think it, I think the smart thing to do would have just been to sit Harry down and tell him. I mean, obviously no one knows the truth. He's getting all kinds of, like, different angles of this, like... Of what everyone thinks Sirius's motivations are. But, like, yeah, it could have been, like, okay, listen. So this, like, criminal is out. He's trying to kill you. Like... Keep an eye out for a criminal trying to murder, you know, or something. I I agree. I, in general, think that Harry should always be told more information than he's told. And I think that he should also have been told, like, Sirius's history with his family. Yeah, I, th- I definitely yeah. think they should have told him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, th- I think it's just interesting, because the other thing I was thinking, I'm just like, Harry, read a fucking book. Like, there's got to be some shit about Sirius in one of these rises and falls of Voldemort, the Dark Lord, or something. And even if there's not, it's been in the papers for weeks. We don't, Harry does not describe picking up a fucking newspaper at all in these three weeks. He's just gallivanting around Diagon Alley. I know. I know. It's like, my dude. My dude. Yep. <sighs> Welcome to the health and science section, where we talk about things that are loosely related to health and or science. My only health and science is that 150 miles an hour, which is how fast the the firebolt gets within 60 seconds, and presumably it might go faster than that, is mm-hmm. terminal velocity for a human being. Um, so if you think about, like, if you've ever seen, like, a GoPro skydiving video where it's, like, on the face of the person who's skydiving when their skin's all, like, blah, 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 like, that's how fast 150 miles an hour is. Like, the air is like a wall at that you, point. You know, that's funny. I actually, I looked, I was looking this up, too, so I'm just, like, 150 miles an hour is a lot to be on a broom where you're not, you don't have a helmet or a face mask and maybe question mark goggles, even? So I found a video of some dude on a motorcycle going 100 miles an hour with no face mask and no helmet. And like, his just like, his face is just like, it's like, just like mushed. That video is giving me a panic attack and I haven't watched it. On a motorcycle? On a motorcycle. Does he die at the end? (laughs) No. He's, it looks like he's like in like somewhere like Montana. Like there's like no one around. He's like, he's like on a road. And like he has like a like a GoPro or something because he's he's it's like video recorded from like a GoPro. It's a very short video that makes you feel any better. He he does not die at the end. He slows down. Or actually, did I watch any of this video? I don't actually remember. I mean, probably he doesn't die, or it wouldn't be on YouTube. 
Yeah, and 120 miles an hour is, like, the speed that, like, small planes go. So why would this broom where you have literally no protection for your face be going that fast? Also, like, that's so fast and a Quidditch pitch isn't that big. So, like, what are you doing at that speed? Right. And then also, so this is, like, so, yeah, so we know they mentioned this in the the book that, like, the Ireland professional Quidditch team has that. How is Harry allowed to have a fireball at school? This, like, this is danger. Like, right. The Quidditch bridge isn't that big. 150 miles an hour. And, like, let's presume that Harry isn't actually going 150, 150 miles an hour on his fireball for, like, school games. But, like, what? It doesn't make any sense. No. This is a, this is incredibly dangerous. It should not be allowed at all, let alone for school children to bring to their school to play school Quidditch. I feel like maybe this is one of those many, many things where it was just like, she just came up with a number and was like, sure, that one. It's like, because you know what, like, 75 miles an hour is like really fucking fast on a broomstick. And like, if you're going 75 miles an hour, how quickly do you get from one end of a Quidditch pitch to the other? Because I feel like it's like two seconds you know and then you have to turn and like air resistance and i don't know yeah yeah and there's yeah and again i feel like the fact that they it's never described them having any kind of face protection no and i feel like the movies give them goggles but i feel like in the books i don't think they they mentioned don't wear goggles because harry sewing is just regular ass glasses yeah like I get nervous about glasses when I'm on a regular bike and I'm going 14 miles an hour. Yeah. Like, let alone you're, like, flying 360 degrees in any given direction on a broom with your glasses. Like, mm-hmm. I just, yeah. I don't know. I think it's sometimes things like this where it's like, these are the things when I'm writing that I have to stop and look up because it would bother me to, like, have something this incredible yeah (laughs) like unreal even if it's like this book has literally magic in it i get that but like you still wouldn't have a broom going this fast right anyway yeah i'm with you so what are your health and science Uh, so i have a couple of things um number one is the double-ended newt how is that does it have just two heads and like one behind because if it's like two heads at one end it literally can't exist so i i underlined that but the thing is that all that happens when i try to think about the double-ended newt is that the theme song for cat dog gets stuck in my head (laughs) and that didn't seem very productive (laughs) which is like this is a very like 90s heavy episode that we're recording right now um again younger or older listeners cat dog was a very strange nickelodeon show and yeah when i read about a double-ended newt my brain is just like cat dog cat dog (laughs) alone in the world little cat dog oh my god um anyway uh my next health and oh wait you said you had one i did mine it was about broom speeds so um, I think it's pretty clear that Crookshank is some kind of Persian mix. Mixed with what? Who knows? He's very smart, according to Sirius, and according to this entire plot of this book. <laughs> this is, uh, not that we talk much about the movies, but good movie casting. Welcome to the education section, where we talk about this goddamn school. I just have to say that I will applaud Dumbledore for being like, we're not having these fucking nightmare dementors anywhere near the school, (laughs) or as far away from the school as possible. It's like one of the few smart things he does in this book. Yeah. It's like, oh, fuck no. Uh I just want to, I want to applaud that thing that happened that i'm like yes you should not let dementors anywhere near children or anyone really but i'm glad they're not not anywhere near the school even if they are in the train spoiler alert for next episode but i feel like he didn't approve that yeah yeah i think that was maybe the thing so my one education point is if 
there are miniature working models of the universe that mean that you don't have to take astronomy. Why the fuck does Hogwarts make children stay up until one o'clock in the morning to look at the sky instead of just getting these functional objects that they could like use in lab instead? Not in the middle of the night. Maybe they're hella expensive. But I think that should have been the thing that Harry spent his money on. That sounds both cool as fuck and so useful. But also, does that mean astronomy is an optional class? Like, he wouldn't have to take it? I think it? he I feel doesn't like... mean that. He doesn't know what he means when he, or yeah. like when he says that it's not accurate. Because he couldn't just be like, no, it's fine. I have my own universe in a container. And the teacher would be like, cool, don't show up. It's fine. <laughs> but also, how would you not buy that? I want that. I want that I want so that. bad. And especially because, okay, so slight side note is I love planetariums. Shocker. Um, and every time I go to a planetarium, I immediately come home and be like, how do I recreate this in my house? And spoiler alert, it's really hard. They're like the like the globes that project stuff are shitty. Mm-hmm. And my option is basically to get a projector and hook it up to like Solar, like Solaris or Google Earth or something. And I'm like, why is this hard? I just want to project the actual sky on my ceiling. It shouldn't be hard. And then there's this enclosed universe. And Harry's like, nah, I'm good. I'm like, it's probably so expensive. I mean, no, but it seems to be so worth it. Yeah. I guess also Harry isn't like getting stoned and looking at it, which would also be awesome. <laughs> True. So. I mean, I don't know. I kind of feel like I don't care if they're expensive. Like, I still feel like... Like, you could just have, like, four. Like, classes are so small. Just have it not be a shared class. There's literally, like, ten people. Eight people in Harry's class. Four mini-universes. And you can teach all the children of Hogwarts. So, like, I just don't think you should keep children up until all hours of the night to make them look at the sky like what if it's fucking cloudy what if it's freezing cold and you can just like have like a thing that they can do inside in the day like this is not appropriate okay wait i'm sorry this 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 just occurred to me maybe professor sinatra just doesn't want to get up early and is like we're doing this shit at midnight (laughs) (laughs) they're just like yeah, a night owl. And it's like, I grade from like 1 p.m. when I wake up until 6 p.m. I go to dinner and then I start my classes. That's fair. And the rest of the night they can party with Hooch, who is like also probably a night owl. Let's be totally. <laughs> Welcome to the politics section, where we talk about things that are fucked up. The rabbit that keeps changing into a hat and back again can that just that just sounds like animal cruelty. Why would you have that? Can you make it stop doing that? That cannot be pleasant for the rabbit. I bet it does it of its own volition. I disagree with you. Okay. Yeah, I think it's like a. I mean, being bored in a pet store is probably not great for that rabbit, but I feel like it just like thinks it's funny. That's fair. Yeah, I accept that. Okay. That's my own, that that's the only thing. Surprisingly, I did not find that's politics free chapter, which is shocking. It is. Is this our first politics free chapter? I think so. Yes. <laughs> I wonder if we'll ever have another one. I don't know. Welcome to advertisements, where we ask you for money and then make you laugh. I don't have a cute ask for our uh, advertisement today. I have a very sincere ask for folks to join us on Patreon. Um, This comes out the last week of October, but it is, in fact, the second week of October as of this recording. So I don't know how many of our portraits are left, but we really need the dollars to keep going at this pace and we kindly beseech you to join us on patreon um because like point blank i just need to be able to uh have this podcast be more of 
the way that I make money and be able to cut down on my other work because I can't sustainably keep making the podcast four times a month and also keep doing my other job that actually pays me more than 28 cents an hour, which is what we currently make for making the podcast. So yeah, it's sort of like, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a pledge drive. We will be less aggressive about this the more money you give us. Join us. It would be great. It sure would. Jesse, ask them and you get people to do anything voice. If everyone just gave $1 an episode, we'd be able to hit our patron goal pretty easily. So uh, consider joining us even at the $1 level because every dollar helps. It's true. Although $1 an episode is a $4 level. Which at that point, you might as well go to $5 because then you get Jesse's fanfic and the fanfic that we make up. Oh, yeah, that's true. I forgot we had a $5. <laughs> we sure do. For just $5 a month, which is a dollar twenty-five an episode, that would be great. You would be, you would be supporting independent queer content. And you just get so much back. You just get so much back. You'll never be sorry. Um, okay, so our second advertisement... For sale, 20 judgmental talking mirrors. (laughs) (coughs) These mirrors are antiques and are all well-maintained and in good condition. I hate to part with them, but I run an inn and have been getting complaints from guests who want some privacy in their rooms. If you're a sensible person who wants a mirror who can provide solid feedback on your outfit and offer unprompted sarcastic conversation, please inquire. Price is negotiable. I'm just imagining like a hall of mirrors, but it's just a bunch of mirrors commenting at you and it sounds. Oh my God, like an echo chamber of mirrors being like, you're never going to get your hair to lie flat. Oh my God. It's time to give up. <laughs> the scare, the scariest thing of all. True, <laughs> truly scary house of mirrors. Yep. All right. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of The Gaily Prophet. A podcast that is produced, mixed, and edited by me, Lark Malachi Gray, and which you can support in a number of ways that Jesse will tell you about now. You should definitely tell at least two people you know about our podcast. Um, the more people that listen to us, the more exposure we get, and ideally the more people will join us on Patreon. Um, you can also rate and review us. Uh, you give us five stars on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you're listening to this podcast at. Um, even on Facebook, we also accept that <laughs> as things that make us feel good and valid. Um, mm-hmm. Speaking of social, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Gaily Prophet. Um, consider following us there and sharing all of our cool stuff. We have so much cool stuff on our social. It's literally ridiculous <laughs> um you can also buy our merch on the gaily profit website thegailyprofit.com slash shop we have stickers and t-shirt and mugs and now that it is at least getting colder <laughs> here in parts of the u.s it's perfect time to break out your mug full of warm apple cider and you could be drinking out mm. of a gaily profit mug um and if you haven't noticed We have a Patreon. You should join it. (laughs) Yeah. You can also leave donations on our website. So if you, for instance, really love this podcast, for some reason aren't interested in our Patreon, but really want to buy me the new computer that I desperately need (laughs) in order to be able to continue producing this podcast, you could just go donate $1,000 on our website one time. Quick, easy, you know, straightforward. And I guarantee you, if you, do, if you donate us $1,000, we will think of something very cool to give you in return. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Name it. We'll probably give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> do you want me to come to your house on your birthday and amuse your friends? I mean... Do you work at Best Buy <laughs> and have a sweet discount to get me a new laptop? <laughs> Holler, uh, for sure. TheGailyProfit at gmail.com. Uh, also... If you want to find me in between episodes, <laughs> I am on Twitter at Jesse underscore Detroit and at Instagram at live from Detroit. If you want to look at pictures of my foster cat that you potentially could adopt if you live in the southeastern part of Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on the Internet 
on my website, which is larkmalakai.com, L-A-R-K-M-A-L-A-K-A-I.com, where you can book a tarot reading with me or get other stuff if you want to. Also, you can find me on Instagram at larkmalakai or at radicalhealer. The music for our theme is by Kevin McLeod. Our spoiler warning is by Sarah Sauer. And our logo art is by Theo Julian Forrester, who, if you've not yet realized, makes excellent comics for every chapter episode. So you should definitely look at our social or website to look at them because they're incredible. And until next time. Pogs. Double Dutch. Ash. Fancy Rats. <laughs> Which wait, is... Wait, wait, wait. Stop, stop jumping the gun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so excited.